Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Feeling a Bit Off. You know that feeling. It's the worst. That feeling of just like, I'm feeling off, right? Not necessarily like awful (laughs) or like at the end of your rope, but just feeling off, like not feeling yourself in some way, whether it's emotionally, mentally, physically, it's just like something is not right. And I think that sensation is so confusing. And many times, you know, in life on a healing journey, you're cruising through life and all of a sudden you're just having a day where you feel off or a week or a month, or that sensation gets bigger and bigger over time. And sometimes, you know, we don't know where to go when you feel off. It's like, you don't exactly have words for it all the time. Or like, let's say you're feeling physically off. It's like, who do I talk to about this? Like, it's not like, oh, I've broken my toe. And it's so specific, like, oh, my toe is broken. Okay. I know how to fix that. Right. Um, but, but it's something that's like hard to put words to hard to understand, hard to even understand within yourself when you're experiencing it, let alone try to explain it to somebody else. And over the years of, you know, working with people, I've had several like intuitive like hits about this concept of feeling off. And certainly many people have shared with me that something doesn't feel right. It just feels off in a myriad of ways. And I think we need to talk about this and get really curious about this. And so over the years, just personally, I have like learned so many different avenues to look down, right? If I'm feeling off or that sensation, you know, is present for me. And I always talk about healing being, you know, our physical body, our emotional body, our mental body, our spiritual body. And we need to be looking at all of those things simultaneously, like maybe not in the same hour, but you know what I mean? So, so for anybody that is feeling off, right, I'm going to give you some things that have been helpful for me. And then today we're going to have a really important conversation that I think is super valuable. Um, One of the places I think should be one of the first places anybody should look if they're feeling off on an ongoing basis in some way, emotionally, mentally, physically. Um, But checking in with self, like, am I feeling off in a relationship? Am I feeling off, you know, just within myself? Is it physical? Is it mental? Is it emotional? Is it all of those things? Like really doing an inventory of like, where is this manifesting in my life? Because it's tricky. It's not always, you know, just emotional. It's not always just physical. And today we're going to be talking about something, a word that gets tossed around quite a bit. Um, but I don't think we really understand how profoundly 
it affects our lives and how important it is that we educate ourselves and understand this and get support on it, um, have great practitioners in this area. We're going to be talking about our hormones. And this is for men and women. Obviously, both men and women have hormones. Um, typically, I feel like this conversation gets really pushed over to the women's side of things, but but it's for everybody. And there are different stages in life in life for different things that we experience that can really um, cause some hormonal shifts. Certainly, childbirth causes hormonal shifts. In my life, I don't think I ever even considered or thought about my hormones. Um, until I had my son Jameson and realized like just how much, right? Those hormones are are affecting your life in pregnancy. And I mean, like even in good ways, right? Like I had like some of the best hair on my head, so thick and shiny during pregnancy, right? Because um, all those beautiful hormones, but how we can then, you know, feel the fluctuation in our emotions, right? During that time of like, pregnancy and after childbirth and all the different hormones running through your body, it can be super emotional and just challenging. And certainly in the middle stage of life, right? We hear about the big hormone shifts that happen. And I think we think about it. Well, I'll say, I'll speak for myself. Um, I always thought about it as like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hormone shift and change. And but as I began to work with people and as people began to share their experiences with me, I really started to deepen my awareness of how profoundly hormones dictate so much of our life, like how we feel about people, how we connect with people, like, you know, who we choose in our life, like is driven a lot by our hormones, like how our relationships are functioning, like how we feel on a day-to-day -day basis, like how our skin looks, right? How our body is shaped. Like so many of these things are dictated by our hormones and like everything in life, right? As we progress, as we grow, as we change, right? Or you're, if you're having a fluctuation in your hormones, it usually doesn't go from like one day being amazing to like the next day, just being like awful where you're just going, whoa, what happened? it progressively shifts over time. And so many times things like that are hard to notice because we just keep adjusting to the shifts and the changes. And if there's a hormonal imbalance going on, it can feel like over time, right? You're not noticing as much. You're just noticing little things. Um, and it's hard to have the perspective to go, okay, how did I feel, you know, five years ago or three years ago or a year ago versus how do I feel my body today, right? Or emotionally or mentally. Um, and so I really wanted to dive into this topic because I feel like it's one of those areas where if you're feeling a little bit off, it's a great thing to go look into this, to find a specialist. And we have an amazing expert today on the show. Um, and I had so many questions, I things that I intuitively have downloaded about this that I wanted to run by her because she's the doctor and the expert and see what she had to say. So today on the show, I am joined by Dr. Carolyn DeLucia. Um, and she's a pioneer and a leading edge um, innovative doctor who is working on non-invasive sexual wellness treatments. She's a practicing OBGYN for nearly 30 years and an alternative therapy expert since 2000. 
2014. She's sought after by device manufacturers and professional groups alike. And today, Dr. DeLucia is one of the most in-demand specialists in the field. She has trained thousands of practitioners around the world and impacted the lives of countless patients. As the technologies and case studies evolved, so did Dr. DeLucia's private practice. Assembling her experience as a physician and knowledge as an expert in the applications of cutting edge treatments, Dr. DeLucia has developed her own combination therapies and techniques. Some of her specialties include non-invasive body sculpting, no-touch pelvic floor toning, platelet-rich plasma injection, and bioidentical hormone therapy. She is wonderful and she's joining me today and we're going to talk all about some of these new uh, therapies to, to bring back, you know, the spice in life to, you know, bring back beautiful, amazing sexual encounters for people that, you know, are not feeling that in their life right now to literally give life right back to people who have hormonal imbalance or are feeling just that little bit off and to look at what might be going on right in the system of our bodies that's affecting us emotionally, mentally, and even physically, and sometimes maybe even spiritually. So with no further ado, Dr. Carolyn DeLucia. Welcome to the show, Dr. Carolyn. I'm so happy you're here with us. Thank you so much, Anna. It's nice to see you. Yes, it's wonderful to be here. And I really have wanted to have a conversation about hormones for a while. And so when I found your work, I was like, ah, perfect. <laughs> we have to have her come on the show. Um, so you know, I, I've had my own journey, obviously, as a woman with hormones, I'm a mother. So I went through, you know, all of the hormone stuff around childbirth, which I think is probably the first time I really, you know, when you're young, you don't really think about hormones. I don't think most people do. Um, and then when you have the experience, you know, of having fluctuations in hormones and all of that, you become well aware, right. Of the impact and the effect that hormones have on our body, on our mental state, all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to take people back before we kind of dive into this to, you know, your work, your interest in this, um, kind of your journey as a doctor. Oh, sure. Thank you. So I'm an OBGYN. I was a traditional OBGYN for many, many years. I did over 4,000 deliveries. And then my kids were getting a little older. And um, my daughter was 10. And she voiced her opinion on my lack of being home. And she was not happy with it. And so I changed my life to be more of a mom and doing so I stopped doing deliveries. That's what I eliminated. And I concentrated on just the gynecological side of my practice and opened a medical spa. And what that permitted me to do was to take the time I used to spend in the hospital doing deliveries, which I loved, but it was too much time away from home, and direct that energy towards my gynecological practice and focus on the issues women deal with throughout every day of their lives. The physical and emotional changes that occur with childbirth, which could be a change in their body. It's never 
quite the same. The um, vagina literally goes from a cylinder to a square and the walls fall in from all four sides. And that means a weakness of the front wall is our bladder. The back is our rectum and the side walls is laxity. So sometimes intimacy can feel different and all of those types of changes. And then the hormonal changes that occur as we go through perimenopause and menopause and the devastating effects of having zero hormones in menopause. We lose estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And there's tons of changes that occur with that that are not fun to deal with whatsoever. So I focused on all of that And luckily, I discovered uh, that there are ways of treating these conditions that are non-invasive, extremely effective, and can restore quality of life. Thank goodness for that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Can we get an amen for that? Yes. Um, So, so let's, I want to talk about a number of things that you do, but let's talk about, you know, what happens like first, you know, during kind of childbirth, which I think for people that have been through this is the first time you're kind of really realizing the impact of hormones. And then what happens, you know, to estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, as you're going through kind of the midlife phase? Uh, Oh, sure. So while we're pregnant, we're predominantly estrogen. And during that period of time, we have the the changes and the maintenance of the pregnancy, the double doubling of our blood volume. And then once we deliver, the hormones have to crash down and that there's a lull, then breastfeeding is a progesterone dominant phase and prolactin, which makes us the milk come down and breastfeeding is a whole nother journey and episode in our lives. And then the uh, estrogen and the and the progesterone will start cycling again eventually, even if you're breastfeeding full time. And the next phase, of course, is perimenopause when the ovaries are beginning to get lazy. And at the very beginning of the change, most women are what we call estrogen dominant, meaning that the ovaries are spewing out estrogen from an overstimulation because they're getting lazy to make the egg and the hormones that normally trigger egg formation are going very high. The follicle stimulating hormone and the luteal hormone are both hormones that are trying to stimulate an egg and those come from the pituitary, but the egg isn't forming but the ovary is still making estrogen. And the overabundance of estrogen gives terrible symptoms. This is when women have huge emotional swings. It's like a pendulum, I I describe it as. You can be so, so angry and you're logically telling yourself, I don't have to be this mad. I really don't have to kick this door. But dang, I'm going to kick this door. (laughs) There are holes. Yeah, there are holes in the walls in my house from that phase. And you just can't talk yourself down, even though you logically know it doesn't have to be that way. 
And then when you're sad, you are just so sad. And it's so easy to get there. Watching the Hallmark Channel, forget it. You've got a, a whole <laughs> box of tissues, gone. So that's when women really, really suffer. I had a woman once when I was sitting on my stool where I spend most of my day, you know, down there. And she's shaking her finger at me saying, do you know how I feel? Do you know how I feel? I'm like, no, no, how do you feel? She said, if someone cuts me off on the street, I'm going to follow them home. <laughs> so, scary, scary, <laughs> scary rage. So, and that's the estrogen dominant phase. Are so, there other like physical symptoms that estrogen, that estrogen dominant phase like gives us like things that we're yes. we might be feeling in our body? Y yes. Breast soreness, bloating, and uh, that's really the main one. Sometimes migraines, but the worst is the breast soreness, the bloating and the emotional swings. Mm. And, and so what happens as you start to move, you know, more into menopause, like what, does it, at some point are your ovaries, do they give up trying to make the egg? Yes. Basically what's going mm -hmm. on there? That's exactly right. And when they stop giving up making the egg, they stop making estrogen. Then there's the phase of the ups and the downs. Every once in a while, like, oh, oh, I'm supposed to make an egg. I'll try. And it releases a little bit of estrogen. And with those fluctuations, that's when the hot flashes and night sweats start. So when the hot flashes and night sweats are actually from fluctuation of estrogen, not complete lowering of the estrogen. And it's not from the complete excess. So it's when it's going high some days and low others. And that triggers this abnormality or irregularity, I should say, of the brainstem that regulates our body temperature. And we're all off. And all of a sudden in a freezing room where everyone else is wearing a sweater, women are having their personal summer and it's like it is so uncomfortable the way i describe it it feels like the hulk like the heat is coming from inside you and you just want to rip all your clothes off and let that heat out because it's so unbearable if you're in the sun in the summertime and it gets uncomfortable you move into the shade you go into the water you cool off but when it's coming from inside you, there's nowhere to go. And it's just awful. Oh, I can imagine. That's a great, that's a great visual to give people. <laughs> yeah. Like, where do you run? Right. Um, yeah. And what happens with progesterone in this midlife? And progesterone is gradually dwaning. What happens with progesterone? Where do we get our progesterone from? Progesterone is produced mainly when the ovary releases the egg. Each month, when we release an egg, the area from which the, ovary, the egg came out becomes a gland. It's called the corpus luteum. The corpus luteum then makes progesterone to balance the estrogen that was previously released. And it, the second half of our menstrual cycle is predominantly progesterone and estrogen together, both running rather high. And that second half of our menstrual cycle is often 
when our serotonin takes a nosedive so women can get PMS or PMDD, premenstrual syndrome or premenstrual dysmorphic disorder where they really are just down in the dumps for a week or two. And then once the period begins, both estrogen and progesterone withdraw and we have a menses and that's like a balloon bursting. All those symptoms seem to miraculously go away. So interesting. And what's yep. happening with testosterone through this kind of cycle? Testosterone is steadily dropping as our ovaries fail. And testosterone is a hormone of well being, it's the hormone that gives us libido, sexual thoughts, those moments when you say, mm, he's hot or she's hot, and times when you have actual arousal is often testosterone driven blood flow to the clitoris, which we believe it or not, we have erections equal to as much blood flow increase that goes to a penis goes to our clitoral area and it will engorge with, with uh, excitation that is diminished as our testosterone goes down. And, and that will happen between you know, 40 and, and 60, our testosterone. There's most women, I test them, it's undetectable anymore. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, is really that, not has that okay. down over time? Like when you say undetectable, was it always undetectable or is something like no, affecting no. that? Yeah, the, the failure in the ovaries. Interesting. Yes. It's very critical. That's why women put weight in the midsection during their midlife and why it's so difficult to build muscle and lose fat. It's all because of lack of testosterone. So where do bioidentical hormones come in as like, you know, if, if all of these are kind of going down in midlife, like is it is it as a matter of testing somebody and where they're at and supplementing with those? Is that the right word? Supplementing? Yes, yes, sure. Um, or treatment, but yes, supplementing is a beautiful word. Uh, basically, when bioidentical hormones are identical to what our body makes and found in nature, so they're plant derived. And that is the difference between bioidentical hormone therapy and most of the pharmaceutical grade hormones. Pharmaceutical grade hormones are chemically changed from our bioidentical state or created 100% in a laboratory. And that function makes it a drug and making it a drug makes it regulated by the FDA. And with that, it can be purchased through insurance. When something is bioidentical, identical to what our body makes and is compounded in a compounding pharmacy or in a compounding manufacturer, it is no longer, it's not a drug. It's not considered a drug. And it typically is not regulated by the FDA. But more recently, the FDA seems to 
think that it needs to to interfere in bioidentical hormone therapy and is trying to get involved in the compounding pharmacies. We really hope they don't do this because it'll make it very difficult for men and women to get bioidentical hormone therapy. Really? I didn't know that was going on. How like oh. how pending is this situation? Well, they are they just came out with a study threatening that hormone bioidentical hormone therapy is not safe, but that is very far from the truth. The the studies that they presented were misrepresented and it's very disconcerting to the majority of the OBGYNs that especially those of us who provide bioidentical hormone therapy, that this could risk our inability to treat patients the best way we know how. So what we do is we draw blood and we measure exactly their weight and their age and figure out a dose that suits that individual. It's totally tailored to that individual. And then we follow blood levels within six weeks to see if the bioidentical hormone therapy is doing what it should do and add together with that how the patient is feeling. So we look at not only the blood level, but the the symptom relief because we want to optimize the woman and the gentleman's health when we use bioidentical hormone therapy. So so I'm going to ask you like, a, I'm going to ask you a really off question, but I've like off topic, I guess, but on topic, um, because I have many times sat and thought to myself, like just knowing a little bit about this, not, you know, not everything. Do you feel, I, cause I feel like, you know, a lot of times in midlife, people's relationships or marriages, you know what I mean? Can really struggle. Yes. Do you feel yes. like this is at the heart of it? Cause I kind of feel like this. Yes stuff is major to how people relate with their partners or the changes that take place in relationship? 100% you couldn't be more on target. That is exactly right. So I wrote two books. One is Ultimate Intimacy. The other one is Ultimate Connection. And it's about relationships because when you can relate with your partner and stay connected. That's how it can last. And that's what makes it endure the stresses of everyday life. And intimacy is critical. When we lose the ability to be intimate with each other or lose the simple interest to be intimate, it doesn't even have to be on purpose. It's just like the testosterone goes away. There's no more desire. And you're looking at him saying, ah, yeah, he's still nice. I'd still like him, but I don't want to touch him. I don't, I don't really want to do that. It's not of, it's too much work right now. I'd rather go to sleep. That's a problem. And it puts a wedge in the relationship. And that's simply from the dropping of testosterone. When it becomes excruciatingly painful when there's no estrogen, lack of estrogen causes decreased blood flow to the walls of the vagina and the bladder neck where we lose urine from. And 
without estrogen, when that starts to fail, women will have urinary incontinence and have vaginal dryness. Vaginal dryness will feel, and I'm not kidding, at the very beginning, it may feel like he's wearing sandpaper on his penis, but as it advances, and it's the only symptom of menopause, if untreated, will get worse over time rather than better, like hot flashes go away, but vaginal dryness will get worse and worse and worse, and it will feel like a round hairbrush instead of male anatomy. So it is excruciating to be intimate. That doesn't sound good. Um, so <laughs> I'm like that, that just can't, I'm like, no, no, um, that wouldn't be good. Um, so, so what happens when like, let's say you see a patient and you, you know, do the blood work and you, you know, prescribe them the bioidentical hormones, like how quickly do people respond to this and feel a change? Cause I think one thing that's like challenging about things like hormones is it comes on over a period of time, right? And you might mm -hmm. not notice like you're, like you might, like you said, being frustrated or getting more angry or more sad, like it might come on over a period of time. And so you're not necessarily, you know what I mean? Realizing it sometimes like- That's correct. Right? It's challenging to see yourself yes. sometimes. So how, how, like from just patients you've had, like how much does it shift and how quickly? And do people then look back and go, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Absolutely. And I think that's a perfect way of, of describing what happens. And they meet, they call and say, you've changed my life. So the estrogen in bioidentical hormone therapy and the, the mode that I use are a subcutaneous pellets. So pellets that go underneath the skin, they're like little grains of rice and dissolve over three to four months in women and five to six months in men. And with these pellets of estrogen and testosterone, the estrogen will kick in in three to four days and the testosterone kicks in within 10 to 12 days and their lives are returned to normal and youthful. They're, they feel youthful again, like mid-30s, energy focus, mental acuity, quality of sleep. Oh my gosh, Shada, that's the main reason I continue to do it for myself is my quality of sleep. Yeah. Every, everything else is gravy, but quality of sleep. <laughs> Well, yes. I mean, if you're not sleeping, you're not in a good mood either, right? Like these things are compounding, yes. right? Like if you yes. already have a hormonal imbalance and you're not sleeping because of it, like now you're real cranky, right? Because <laughs> we all know what that's like, right? Like those days, if you, if you don't sleep, it's like, forget about it. So that makes so much sense. And, exactly. and when people, like when, like, as far as like, like even just aesthetically or physically, does the body start to change? Like you mentioned, like people carrying weight in the center. Like, so when you, when the testosterone goes up, does that just naturally start to subside? Yes. Wow. Yes, it does. Yes. And you can build muscle when you're working out and it just is, um, it feels like you're not doing it for naught, you know? I mean, so when, 
at times without the energy to go to the gym or the the uh, desire to look better. You kind of just become much more sedentary. And the more sedentary you become, the less muscle mass you have, the less muscle mass you have, the less calories you burn at rest, the less calories you burn at rest, the more weight you gain. And it's a vicious cycle. Yep. Yeah. And what is the difference between like, the synthetic hormones versus bioidentical, like, have you, you know, had experience with both of them and what's the difference? Oh, yes. Um, I was very hesitant to get into bioidentical hormone therapy. And the reason I was so hesitant was because compounding pharmacies can vary from pharmacy to pharmacy and dosing can be a problem. And that's very critical to me. Dosing of hormones is very, very important. So when you have a pharmaceutical grade synthetic estrogen, let's say, and they do make estradiol, which is the main estrogen that our body makes, and it is what is compounded in the pellet as well, but it's chemically derived. It's not natural. And that makes a small difference, but the, the pharmaceutical grade products will be regulated by the FDA and are tested for safety and dosing. Um, That's kind of important, but with improvement in the compounding pharmacies and in finding pellet form, it's extremely regulated. The compounding pharmacy that I use is out in Nevada and they have a third party come in and test the quality of the pellet and assure that it's the dose they say they're making. And that's very important. When you go to a compounding pharmacy and ask for a bioidentical gel, for example, unfortunately, even in the jar, the dose can vary from the top to the bottom, let alone not being the dose that it's supposed to be on the label. So bioidentical hormone therapy can be difficult to manage when the compounding pharmacy is not up to snuff. And how does, do you put, you put the pellet in like, like make a small slit in the skin and put uh-huh. it in the skin? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it just dissolves over time? Yes. Interesting. And then they come back and you get another one put in. Is that how it works? That, yes. Yes, indeed. Every three to four months and men come every five to six. So men, I only see twice a year and women three to four. So great. I mean, how easy is that too, right? You don't have to worry about anything and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Indeed. And yes. yes. And what about, what about even just like the synthetic hormones? Does the body interact differently with those because they're synthetic versus, you know, something from nature? The true synthetic hormones, there are progestins on the market that are artificial progesterones, they act very differently. There's no normal testosterone on the market approved for women at all. 
So the only testosterone on the market for women is methyl testosterone, which will increase cardiovascular risks. And um, that's not healthy at all. So, and it looks to our body like progesterone and can increase the risk of breast cancer. So the synthetic products are looked at very differently to our hormone binding sites and trigger very unhealthy reactions. And what is it like, you know, with the other hormones of the body, right? We're just talking mainly about, you know, estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. But yes. but does does this like midsection of life that we're talking about, does it throw off other hormones that throw off these hormones or vice versa? Like, how does that affect the other hormones of our body? Well, the other hormones of our body could be uh, prolactin, oxytocin, um, hormone that are coming from the pituitary gland. And we have hormones from the adrenal gland, such as um, DHEA and 17-OH progesterone and all of these pathways. Um, when the ovaries fail, they might become predominant. So in some uh, women, the reaction can be um, a change in their hair, the quality of their skin, and um, also, let's see what else can happen. The thyroid can change, and our thyroid, of course, governs metabolism and is very critical to so many functions of our body and well-being. So thyroid has to be optimized as we age as well. Wow. It's so fascinating. I feel like everybody needs this information, you know, just and both at the time of like, you know, around having children for sure. Um, and mid midlife, because I think, you know, do you see a lot of like people that maybe are diagnosed with all kinds of like, I could see like what anxiety, depression, like things of these natures that are really at the core of hormonal issue. Absolutely. And like just from those mood swings, um, I had one patient who just became start so anxious. She was having repetitive panic attacks that were affecting her ability to even get through a single day. And it was all from estrogen withdrawal on pellets. She doesn't have an issue at all. She feels fantastic and she's going on with a very healthy and productive life. But she was at a complete standstill where she could not function whatsoever. Wow. Like what a mm -hmm. gift. I mean, you give people their lives back. It's so extraordinary. And, and what, um, is this something like that people, because I know you're located in New York, correct? Yeah, I have an office in Manhattan and an office in New Jersey. Right. And then, and then are people able, is there any network or place for people that are located in other places that can't come see you to like find doctors who do this or what would somebody look for in their area? If they were interested in pellets, they could look for bioidentical pellet therapy in my area. Um, I work with a company called BioT. You can look for bio tea providers and they will have the high quality pellets that I've described here. And um, bio tea is B-I-O, capital T, capital E, 
for testosterone and estrogen. Um, there are many doctors doing this and doing it well. And I do encourage anyone suffering with any kind of hormonal changes to go and pursue it. Or if you just feel down, if you're just feeling a melancholy, a, a overall melancholy could be a sign of dropping hormones that when tweaked can just put a whole different twist to your everyday life. Yeah, so good. So tell everybody your website. And also, I know you have a couple other like services and treatments that are really interesting too, to just kind of support, you know, um, a healthy sex life and feeling good in your life. So where can people find out more about you and your work? Uh, My website is www.drdrcarolindelucia.com. And that's also Dr. Carolyn Delucia is my name on um, Instagram. And that's a good place to see what we do. Um, My practice in New York City is called uh, Secret Orchid, but it's also just Carolyn Delucia MDP LLC because New York requires that too. (laughs) But the... um, the specialty of what we're doing is focusing on intimate health and providing treatments that are not yet main, mainstream, but should be, and I'm hoping they will be soon. Um, I use devices such as lasers and radio frequency. I'm actually doing a study right now using a new radio frequency device. And it's a free trial if anyone's interested in in it. It's there's no downtime, there's no pain. And um, what radio frequency does and what lasers do is heat the tissue of the vaginal wall in addition to the vulva, the outer skin, so that it can be uh, brought back to a healthier state, more blood flow, and with more blood flow, more natural sense of lubrication and sensation. So if you're losing the ability to achieve an orgasm or um, just to, it's taking much, much longer and it's not quite as uh, exciting, then all of these procedures can bring back the intensity of pleasure derived from intimacy as well as tolerance with better lubrication. Well, I can't think of a better gift to give to the world. Like a great sex life, emotional, feeling good, right? Bringing the body yeah. back into alignment, all of these things. Like these are all the gifts that keep giving, like obviously that come from, you know, the technology, the hormones, bioidentical hormones, and then these new technologies. So yes. I'm in agreement with you. I hope that, I hope that, you know, people such as yourself keep um, bringing this forward in the world because it just feels like a lot of like needless suffering goes on for people. Um, uh-huh. And that's really because lack of information, I think, which is why I wanted to talk about this subject um, and really understanding that it's, it's not just about, oh, can I fix my hormones? But like the understanding that this is affecting like the root of all your relationships, like how you show up yes. job, right? How yes. you parent, how you do everything in life 
is affected by, you know, these important right. hormones. And so, yeah, I think everybody who's listening to this, who at all feels like, oh my gosh, I should get this checked and I should look into Dr. Carolyn's work. Um, you should, because I think these things are important and they so often go missed. Absolutely. It's the ripple effect. That's what I always say. The ripple effect, how it just flows over into every aspect of your life, just like you've just said. Yeah. So beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your incredible wisdom. We're so grateful to have you um, with us today, sharing all of this. Oh, thank you for having me. May you continue to bring light to the world. Thank you, Shanna. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes. 